You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Live from Hampton Roads in the heart of the 757, it's the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1, presented by Larry King Law. It is 4.04. The franchise tag deadline for the NFL was 4. Four minutes past the deadline. So there might even be some news that, you know, the insiders are still typing up. But there's already been enough news to carry the day. Daniel Jones, New York Giants, congratulations. Right, Nothing gets a deal done like a deadline. Could have gotten it done two days ago. No stress. Instead, you took it. I mean, we're talking minutes before the deadline, the news broke. Mike Garofolo, uh was the first place that I saw it. Uh, the Giants and the quarterback of the New York football Giants, Daniel Jones, beat the clock on the franchise tag, uh, instead agreeing to terms on a long-term deal. Uh, we have since gotten a few of the details. Uh, according to Rapport, it's going to be a four-year deal worth $160 million, according to Rapport sources, with 35 more in incentives. Now, I'd assume some of those incentives are hard to hit, you know, Super Bowl incentives and things like that. But obviously, I can do math. If he hits all the incentives, could be a four-year 195. I This is what's going to be frustrating about that particular deal today. We kind of can't have a reaction to it until we know the details. I do not love being lock load 100% committed to Daniel Jones for three years. I mean, he had a solid year as a starter and a couple of years that led you to not pick up his fifth-year option. This past season, he threw for 15 touchdown passes. Ironically, the thing that that, uh, he did best this year that you would be banking on is he protected the football. But the reason why I say ironically is because at the beginning of his career, he was Mr. Fumbles. Right, he was breaking records for fumbles early in a career. So if if there's no outs for the team until the final year of the deal, I don't love this deal. However, if it comes out more like I don't know, like a like a Derek Carr that looks like, hey, two years seventy, two years seventy-five, with these other years on the end of it, I love that deal. Then it then it's it gave you the opportunity to keep what worked this past year intact without going too far into your future. Because the side note of this is with Daniel Jones locked up to a long-term deal, they were able to tag Saquon Barkley, right? Fresh off the news of Daniel Jones not needing to be franchise tagged was the news that Saquon Barkley was franchise tagged. Now, we don't know if it's an exclusive or non-exclusive tag for Barkley. I would very much assume it's the non-exclusive deal, which would be a little over $10 million because no one's given up two firsts for a running back. I don't care how good the running back is. So the Giants essentially get to run it back. I think that's exactly what they wanted to do. Brian Dable was able to make large improvements to that offense 
And now you have a year or two to see if those improvements will continue. Right? Because I'm not sure you 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 pay uh four years, 160 million, or really anything close to four years, 160 million. Again, we have to wait on the details before we really can have a a debate on the merits of of the contract but i don't think you pay really anything near that if you expect to get exactly what daniel jones did last season you are paying what you project he will do so you're paying what you think brian dable will turn him into by the way more details coming out tom pelissero daniel jones get gets 82 million over the first two years so if it comes out to essentially a two-year, $82 million deal, that's what you're locked into. Little Rich, I don't think he's an over $40 million quarterback, but two years I do like. Two years I do like. So, no, I'm not, I'm not going to – I don't want to get into the, the details reading them on air because – that's that's a dangerous game. You, you never know when you're going to get caught on someone on Twitter. But uh, but it does look like a, an $82 million over the first two years for Daniel Jones. Raise your hand if you would have saw that coming a year ago. Now, everybody with your hand up, say, I'm lying. and Put your hand back down. Because nobody saw that coming. Nobody. Yeah, not even Dable and Shane. I mean, they had the opportunity to put that fifth-year option when they got to the building. I mean, they could have easily be paying him $18 million this upcoming year instead of paying him now what's going to be $41 million-ish. Exactly. And it could have given them that extra year to see if it's real. Right? One year does have fluky smells. I'm not saying it is a fluke. I'm just saying the possibility is there. You do it two years in a row – it does feel more real. It feels like, you know, the, the defenses had an offseason to figure you out and they couldn't do it. If he shows up next year and, and defenses watched film and they recognized how to prevent him from running from seven, for 700 yards, that 42 or $41 million he's going to get paid next year is going to feel like an anchor on that team. This is a big bet by everyone involved. There's, it's rare for NFL coaches to get more than three years to prove their system works. After two years, $82 million of this Daniel Jones contract, that'll be three years of Brian Dable as the head coach of the Giants. He is banking his job security on Daniel Jones being good enough to, to not just win, not just be solid, but to lead them to the playoffs and, and maybe further. Because as we all know, in professional sports and darn sure in the NFL, once you, you reach a certain stage, that's, that's the bar now, right? They made the playoffs this past year. Now, the, making the playoffs and getting waxed isn't going to be good enough. I'll tell you what, the franchise tag deadline, man, people get paid. Everyone except for Lamar Jackson. Although, although... $32 million and nothing to scoff at. But do you understand how crazy it is that they chose to non-exclusively tag Lamar Jackson rather than exclusively tag Lamar Jackson now that we see some of the details of the Daniel Jones contract? Daniel Jones just got $41 million per year over the two first years of this deal. That's what we know, $82 million over the, the, the first two years. 
They didn't want to pay Lamar Jackson 45 to prevent him from negotiating to everybody else. They're paying the, like they've agreed the one year tender that they've they've agreed to pay Lamar Jackson is thirty two million dollars. That gives them the right to match any other offer sheet. That is nine million dollars less than what Daniel Jones is going to be paid. I I completely understand how ridiculous the how ridiculous the NFL quarterback paying market is. It's absurd, but that doesn't change the fact that that's what the market is. If you want to have a quarterback, you're going to have to pay him, right? Well, you you could go quarterback less. You could go rookie. You could go a uh, bargain bin. You could look for a re- reclamation project. But if you want to have a quarterback that you depend on to win, you're going to have to pay him. And sometimes if you want a quarterback that you think might one day become a quarterback that you can depend on to win, you're going to have to pay him. $160 million for Daniel Jones. They did not pick up his fifth-year option last offseason. Think about that. It's crazy. Now, now he's going to be $82 million in the next 24 months. $82 million in the next 24 months for Daniel Jones. Do you see now why I'm so 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 much of an advocate for teams paying their elite quarterbacks? You're going to have to pay a quarterback whether he's elite or not. If you have the elite one, you pay that guy. $41 million per year. Guess how much on average Josh Allen gets over his contract? 43. You're paying Daniel Jones 41. Patrick Mahomes Two-time MVP, two-time Super Bowl champion, averaging for the next like nine years, $45 million per year. They're paying Daniel Jones $41 million each of the next two years. The, the price is going up. Yesterday's price is not today's price. I mean, that deal just made Lamar Jackson more, more money. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Why are the, the the Falcons rushing to tell everybody they're not going to pursue Lamar Jackson? Very confused by this. Let's, let's talk Falcons coming up next. Stick around. If you see it in a game, you will hear about it right here. This is the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Jason Fitz, host of Fitz and Harry, weekdays 12 to 3. That's noon to 3 right here on 94.1, connecting with us. Uh, Jason, thanks thanks for joining us as always. Uh, a few things have happened since your show went off the air little, just a little bit ago, so uh, we'll get your reactions. Uh, starting with Daniel Jones, four years, 160, 35 additional in, in incentives. We're talking millions here, 82 in the first two years. Is, uh, is that guy worth it? Uh, here's the thing. In a vacuum, no. But if you're the Giants, is it worth it versus going into the offseason with no quarterback? Yes. So, you know, I, I think where the Giants are is, uh, and, and this is what I challenge everybody, find a team that was really uh, handcuffed for five years based on overpaying a contract, like for a quarterback. We just don't see it anymore. Even the bad quarterback contracts that went out for guys like Carson Wentz, teams find a way out. They find a way out of the Matt Ryan contract. So are you better off overpaying somebody right now in a contract that will be outdated within the next three, four months after Burrow and 
Herbert and uh, uh, the rest of the guys get theirs, or do you you go in and go into an argument? So is Daniel Jones in a top ten quarterback? I don't think so. Today is he paid like one? Yes. By year three of this, will he be? No. So that that's the the hard part about it. I think the Giants, the devil you know versus the devil you don't. You'd rather be the Giants right now than be a team that has absolutely no idea what they're doing at quarterback position. So I think that sort of made this go out. I'm also going to be interested to see what the voidable years and stuff mm-hmm. like that look like. That'll take a little bit to get to. Uh, using that same logic, right? Should the, the, the Ravens have just paid up for Lamar Jackson, knowing that the price is going up and those deals don't look bad very often instead of putting them on the, the non-exclusive tag like they did earlier this afternoon? Yeah, I think that's absolute chaos by Baltimore. And, <laughs> and look, I know everybody's going to tell you today that nobody will pay a fully guaranteed contract. I don't believe that. And, you know, I, I think if you look at an owner like Dan Snyder, for example, uh, that may or may not still be allowed to own a football team in six months. You want to tell me he cares about whether or not the rest of the owners are comfortable with guaranteed contracts? If you can find a way to get it done and you can get yourself like, if I told you today you would trade up in the draft and you would end up with Lamar Jackson, uh, that type of player, how excited would you be, right? Most teams would be ecstatic for that. Well, what if you can just have actual Lamar Jackson? And, you know, this comes down to that that whole can you pay your quarterback process. And I had our stats and information group run the, the numbers for the last 15 years. 48% of the playoff quarterbacks in the last 15 years were not on their rookie deal versus 52% that were. If you go to the Super Bowl, you have about a 50-50 split on quarterbacks that were on their rookie deal versus not. If you look at Super Bowl winners, it's almost exactly the same. There's no proof anywhere, even though we love the narrative, that you can't win if you pay your quarterback. The numbers just have never shown. I don't know when this became just like the old wives' tale that is suddenly now fact. There is no actual data it backs it up so i think there's going to be a team somewhere that will give him whatever it takes fully guaranteed to bring him in the building because then you answer your quarterback solution for a 26 year old former mvp how many people can say that and and you're exactly right i've kind of mended that that narrative right it's not just rookie contract deals it's first ballot hall of famers and rookie contract deals right you have to have like a brady manning manning breeze roethlisberger rogers matt stafford kind of messed it up for me though so we will we'll, we'll, <laughs> We won't be too mad at Stafford. Uh, Jason Fitz, host of Fitz and Harry, weekdays, noon to three, right here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1, joining us here. Uh, now that, I mean, even since his deal was was agreed to, the uh, the market has changed a bit. Do you, do you like Derek Carr's fit with the Saints, both financially and, and from a football standpoint? Yeah, I think financially it actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, people keep telling me that, you know, because it's a four-year 150, but the last year of it is a $50 million deal. People keep telling me, well, he'll never see that last year. But, well, I don't know that I can say that because $50 million might be the going rate for a top 15 quarterback in four years. God, at this rate, who knows, right? <laughs> so if you're Derek Carr, you get you know $70 million in guarantees, $100 million in the first three years. That feels all pretty palpable. And he goes to the Saints where he'll be the best quarterback in that division day one and have a chance to go to the playoffs. I think the Saints become the favorite in their division. So – uh, is it as good as I think that the Jets would have been, for example, with him? No, but if he plays for the Jets, he's still going to have to go through Mahomes and Burrow eventually and Allen. Like He's going to have to go through those guys in the playoffs. Here, he's got Jalen Hurts, who's obviously very good, and he's got Dak, who were split on, and then like the, the quarterbacks in the NFC just aren't as good. So it feels like it makes a lot of sense in my mind for him to go to an easier path to get to where he wants to go to, play in a dome with the coach he's comfortable with, and get a bunch of money. Does that put a put a little bit of pressure on a team like the Falcons to really get involved in the Lamar Jackson deal now that Derek Carr has kind of set the bar as far as quarterbacks in that division? 
I think it's a, a stunning. I mean, Diana Rossini, I think, tweeted out yep. earlier that the Ravens will not be involved. And I, I'm stunned, or the Falcons, I should mm-hmm. say, would not be involved. I am stunned by that decision. Desmond Ritter is an absolute, you know, look, sometimes you buy a scratch-off lottery ticket, you win and you pay your mortgage. That's great. I don't want to rely on winning on a scratch-off lottery ticket to pay my mortgage. That's what Desmond Ritter would be to me this year. I loved him in Cincinnati. I obviously cover a lot of college football. I, I watched all of his games. I thought he was very good there. But there's a reason that he went as late in the draft as he did, and there's a reason why they're still in these quarterback conversations. Desmond Ritter is not Lamar Jackson. I, I'm stunned that an owner with the means that the, the the Falcons have is not sitting here looking at it saying, well, I'm going to pick up a former MVP. It would fit right in and immediately become an Atlanta legend in this, in this town with this team. So I, I think that's a bad move by the Falcons to not be in the sweet stakes right away. That voice you hear is Jason Fitz, host of Fitz and Harry. You can hear it weekdays, uh, noon to three, here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Uh, Jason, you mentioned uh, last week that, that Anthony Richardson held some of those those lottery ticket kind of uh, traits, right? He was rising as a prospect despite his production at Florida. Did, did his legendary combine performance change any of that for you? I think his legendary combine performance made it inevitable to be a top four pick. Uh, mm. I. I still think, man, it's just such a roll of the dice. And, you know, I've seen a, a few different really good tape breakdowns that will talk about some of his footwork that's correctable and the lack of the lack of reps that he got. And, and all of that makes really good sense. If you're going to send him somewhere where the coaching is going to be top-notch, which isn't every NFL team, and where there's going to be continuity, which isn't every NFL team, but where the coaching staff and GM that drafts him will get the time to let him not see the field for a year or two. But then also he needs to see the field because that's the only way he's going to get better. So, I still think that Anthony Richardson and Will Levis have a lot of question marks about it, but I also understand that in today's world, when you are constantly drafting for traits like they do in the NBA, it's pretty undeniable that what we saw at the Combine is a different level of athleticism. I personally would still go Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, 1-2 in whichever order you like, but a lot of the people I'm talking to believe that Anthony Richardson will go number one overall because of the way he was in Indy. How important were the, the 10 pounds that Bryce Young had put on from his 194 listed weight to the 204 he weighed in at the combine? I mean, you want to talk about 10 pounds of sand that was worth $10 million? Like, <laughs> look, uh, Mel, Mel Kuyper Jr. told me last week on radio that if he weighed in at 195, he'd be the top overall pick. Anything less than that, and he would not. And then you think he weighed in at 204. Like, uh, that, that weight, and, and I don't know if it's sustainable. There's going to be a lot of questions about that. I think he's going to be asked to weigh in again at his pro day. We'll see if he does when he throws, you know, but uh, that it, it's everything because the concern is can he take the pounding? The only thing I'd say is go back and watch the hits he took. Georgia has everybody in the NFL right now that played on that defensive line in the last two years. They hammered him repeatedly, and he still got up. So I, he's tougher than he's getting credit for. He's just – you know, the size of Field Yates. And I don't know if we really want Field Yates playing quarterback for us. I love the guy, but I just don't know that we want that size in our quarterback position. Everybody loves player comps going into the draft, right? It's always the arm of Mahomes. How about how about the size of Field Yates? Um, <laughs> uh, J- Jason Fitz joining us. Jason, before we let you go, uh, as I said last week, we play winners and losers right after this segment every week. Uh, who was the biggest winner of the combine for you? Uh, Anthony Richardson was the biggest winner of the combine, and, and you didn't ask for the loser, but Jalen Carter certainly the, hmm. the biggest loser. I saw I saw the mock today that had him going as low as 12, and I don't know if you saw the ESPN report late last week, but uh, Kirby Smart was flat out asked about another speeding uh, incident for him on campus. I think Jalen Carter is going to have to answer a lot of questions 
and this kid was genuinely in contention days ago to be the number one overall pick, and now we've got him mocked at 12. I, I don't know if teams would ever be able to let him fall back down that far, but if there's one person just on the field and the way he plays the game that is undeniable in this draft, if I had to bet everything I'll ever make in my life on one kid on the field to go out there and be the best player, it's Jalen Carter. So the fact that he's, he's created this conversation – is very real and by far the biggest loser. But Anthony Richardson, the biggest winner. Jason, we appreciate you for stopping by every week. We'll uh, we'll look forward to when we do it again. Can't wait. Thanks so much, bro. That's Jason Fitz, host of Fitz and Harry, weekdays noon to 3, right here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. As you heard me mention, we play winners and losers right after we talk to Fitz every single week. So right now, get your winners and losers into the text line, 757 687 9494. You can also call in with your winners and losers. Who's winning and who's losing in the sports world? 757 687 9494. Stick around. On this show, we like to point out the good. That's good. The bad. Oh, that's bad. And the ugly. I'm certainly grateful to be ugly. It's time to pick the winners and losers. Winners win and losers lose. On the Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Winners and losers. Tim Donnelly Show. Send in your winners and losers. Who's winning and who's losing in the sports world? We want to hear yours. 757-687-9494. You can call in. It's also the Dream Lawns text line. Same number, 757-687-9494. Now, I'll get it started. Loser, Patrick Mahomes. What a loser! few reasons. Uh, Probably many of you are going, how? Well, losing your left tackle is never anything but a loss. Orlando Brown... Not tagged. He's going to hit the open market. He is going to get paid, I would believe, significantly more than the Chiefs can afford to pay him. Like, Patrick Mahomes knows what it's like to not have an offensive line. Go watch their Super Bowl against Tampa Bay. Running for his life. Might be up doing that again next year. Uh, Also, he's seeing every other quarterback get valued very, very close to him. Uh, When he signed his deal for $45 million per year, it was like, oh my gosh. Now it's like, yeah, even Daniel Jones is getting $41 per year. Uh, it's not. I mean, what's four million once you're making forty plus? I wonder if he doesn't renegotiate shortly because he can't be that close to to Daniel, right? Can't be. Robbie, what do you got? Tim, I got a winner. How about Geno Smith? Winning took that. You know. Comeback player of the year performance, even though we're not really sure what he came back from. Came back from playing poorly. That's right. There we go. And and, and turned it into a, a major deal, $50 million plus over the first year. I mean, when you're getting paid that much, you have a good season. You know, props to him. Definitely a winner today. From the 757, it's actually Ryan from Virginia Beach on the text line. Winner, John Bones Jones. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I'm going to I'm gonna amend this. I don't, just to put my, my biases on front street. I'm not a massive combat sports guy. If it's on and I don't have to pay for like the pay-per-view, I'll watch it. That's okay. Watch it. Like I feel like it's always on in an airport. Like I'll I'll watch it. Um, I think that UFC is actually the loser here. You're such a loser. Why? And boxing does the same thing. When there's one fight that everybody wants to see, why can they never get it done? Isn't it Francis Ngannou, John Bones Jones? Isn't that what everyone wants to see? But now Ngannou's not even a part of the UFC anymore. Like, just make, like, imagine if there was one great team in the AFC, one great team in the NFC, and they're just like, we're never going to meet in the Super Bowl. Never, ever. It's just a, 
Well, for the, well, for the longest time, John's Bones Joe's hasn't been able to pass a, a drug test. True, but it, like, what if they it fought three times against Cormier, right? Yes. Yeah, like, even if one got taken away from him, like, after he won or whatever, like, at least we got to see the big guys fight, the, the big names. It's the same thing with boxing. Like, Mayweather, Pacquiao circled each other, and, and maybe we will, maybe we won't, until Pacquiao was, like, 45 years old. Like, just, there needs to be something that just says you two have to fight and actually get the fights that they want, that I want, that, that the public wants. Winner. No, actually, let's go loser. We haven't done a loser yet. Loser. Giannis. La loser. Stat padding's never a good look. I don't know if people saw this. He was one rebound short of a triple-double. The clock was expiring. So he dribbled up to the bucket when no one was around and just tossed it off the backboard, trying to get that one rebound for the triple-double. They gave it to him, took it away the next day. It's just, you're Giannis. You don't have to do that. We're going to be impressed by your stats if it's one rebound short. Don't do that. Tim, I've got a loser. Any of the top seeds in the NCAA tournament? Winner, winner. Sorry, that's a loser. My bad. I'll tell you this. This whole season, college basketball, I haven't been confident in any of the top teams. We've talked about it over and over again. And I think this is going to be the year that a, a big team early on, like a number one or a number two seed, loses. And not really going to surprise me. From the text line, from the 757. By the way, send in your winners and losers to the text line or call in 757 687 9494. Both numbers the same. Call and text 757 687 9494. From the 757, winner, Daniel Jones. Winner. Loser, Ravens. You're a loser. These are franchise tag specific. Uh, Daniel Jones, like, sometimes I think we get desensitized to the money. That guy just. He's got $82 million over the next 24 months. That's like kids, 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 like, don't have to worry about their college tuition. You got it. That's off of Grandpa Danny. Like, $82 million. Move into a new new neighborhood at least, right? And I know New Jersey, New York, it's expensive, but $82 million goes a long way no matter where you live. Uh, and the Ravens losing because they put a non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. I think that makes quite a bit of sense. Uh, winner. How about this one? This is multiple winners. I'm going to list a lot of names here. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is a winner. Winning. Alan Lazard's a winner. Winner, winner, chicken. Jacoby winner. Myers is a winner. Winner, winner. All of the free agent wide receivers are winners. Because the wide receivers didn't impress me at the combo. Right? That like I feel like the last four or five years, every year there's been like five wide receivers that everyone gets really excited about. Jackson Smith and Jigba kind of made it so everyone could get a little excited about him. And he didn't even run the 40. He was doing all the shuttles and people got jacked up. But but no other big-name wide receivers in this draft, which means in this ever-growing offensive league, if you want your passing game to get better, you can either improve your quarterback or hit the free agency for wide receivers. And that's going to boost guys like Lazard and Myers and DJ Chark and whoever else is out there with their hands out in the free agency market. Tim, I got a winner. How about Tony Pollard? Winner. Them putting the franchise tag on him, I think opens him up and really believes that he is their number one running back. I think over the last couple of years, I'm sure he hasn't really been sure who the number one guy in their eyes are, and I think this opens up the door for them to renegotiate, potentially sign him to a deal. I know how you feel about that, but I think Tony Pollard being running back number one in Dallas is a good thing for him. 
Uh, we're going to talk about this maybe tomorrow. Running backs getting franchise tagged is extra brutal. Pollard got tagged. Barkley got tagged. Josh Jacobs got tagged. Because if you only have seven, eight years at your position to to cash in, those franchise tags eat up a lot. And and right now you're going to be going back to the market a year older. It's, it's not a great not a great look for them. Uh, from the text line, the 240 first-time texter, welcome to the show. Uh, Dan Snyder, winner. Winning. He will go out with a bang by signing Lamar Jackson. This is a, a – I'm, I'm not even joking on this. I think this is the type of petty, vindictive thing that might come true because he's obviously somebody that holds grudges. I mean, we, I think we can say that. Um, at least from the outside, it looks that way. If you want to stick it to the other owners one last time, what do you do? You raise the market rate on quarterbacks through the nose, right? You give them six years, $300 million guaranteed. Just so every other quarterback goes to every other owner and says, all right, well, I want Lamar money. Like it's just one parting shot from Dan Snyder to then say, they're going to have to deal with this for the next 10 years. Ha 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 And then he sells and walks away. And then he takes his cash and he goes home. There's a there's a possibility there. There is a possibility there. Um, let me go with one more here. I want to second your winner, Juno Smith. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. The guy made $17 million over his first nine years in the league. He has $25 million per year in base salary this year. That's... I mean, that's from nine million or nine years, 17 million to one year, 25 base with opportunity for more. Hard to say you're anything but a winner on that one. I also want to say winner Chris Olave from from Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton throwing you the ball to Derek Carr. I think he's he's in line for a, uh, a big season there. I think he's in line for a big season there. Uh, that's going to do it for winners and losers. Uh, you can keep them coming in the text line. We never get to read them all, but. At least on air, but we do have a fun time reading them all fair. Uh, 757-687-9494. Let's also give something away. How about uh, how about some Pungo Off-Road Monsters on the Beach tickets? Uh, presented by Eastern Truck and Accessories. Pungo Off-Road Monsters on the Beach brings thrills and chills to the Virginia Beach ocean, oceanfront with monster trucks battling for ultimate sand domination. Biggest monster truck show in the Mid-Atlantic, and it's on the beach with races, stunt courses, Right on the beach, right there on 6th Street. It's a family-friendly event. And caller number two wins the tickets at 757-687-9494. So keep dialing, 757-687-9494. Why are the Falcons so aggressively out of the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes already? Why? Or is it a smokescreen? The Lamar situation continues. Next. We're talking about NFL free agency right now on the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. If you're just tuning in, we've had a heck of an afternoon. Lamar Jackson, non-exclusively franchise tagged by the Ravens which means he'll get to negotiate with other teams. Sign an offer sheet, bring it to the Ravens. They can either match or let him walk and be given as compensation two first-round picks. 
Daniel Jones, four years, 160. Base terms, we don't know the details quite yet. We know $82 million over the first two. Uh, Daniel Jones' long-term contract with the Giants, agreed upon right before the franchise tag deadline. Uh, the Giants also signed a franchise tag on uh, Saquon Barkley. There's also Geno Smith on a long-term deal. There's also, from yesterday, Derek Carr on a long-term deal with the Saints. So there's things uh, bubbling. With so many moving parts, why in the world are the Falcons so aggressively making sure we all know they are not pursuing Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson had the non-exclusive tag placed on him at like 312. 316, Diana Russini of ESPN tweeted out, the Atlanta Falcons will, will not be pursuing quarterback Lamar Jackson per sources. That is so cut and dry, like almost cold, like won't be happening. No. And then and then suddenly insiders all over the place, right? Per multiple reports. Why would you have multiple reports saying that? Why are the Falcons rushing? Because like I'm not saying they have to immediately, you know, jump to the the highest bidder, but they could at least sit back and evaluate for a second. There's a few things I know, okay? I know the Falcons have the second highest salary cap space in the NFL. I know that Desmond Ritter might be, but also might not be their quarterback of the future. And I know that if everything goes perfectly for Desmond Ritter, he might one day come within a 50-yard pass of Lamar Jackson's peak. Right? It would be a huge win for Desmond Ritter if, if he becomes an above-average starter in the league. Lamar is that. I also know that the Falcons used a very high draft pick on Kyle Pitts, and, and he's underwhelmed as a tight end. But I do know that Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews made him into one of the best tight ends in the NFL. Hearing all of and and by the way, that took me 30 seconds to think up. Like it, it, it's it's not as if I'm sitting around brainstorming reasons that the Falcons should be interested in Lamar Jackson. That's like the most surface level thinking possible. With those thoughts in mind, why wouldn't you at least just keep your mouth shut? Right? Why wouldn't you at least not reach out to every insider you know and say, you can let them know a high-level source says that we are not interested in Lamar. So he just hit the market. Really? How do you already know that? Did you consult with anybody? Did you talk with your GM, your coaches, your assistants, your scouts? Did you even ask? Your division's still kind of there for the winning. I know Derek Carr went to the Saints, but that doesn't turn them into some juggernaut. You can go ahead and win your division next year if you get Lamar Jackson. And oh, by the way, you can fill seats, you can make money. The guy is box office. And I'm, and I'm like, I've, as always, anytime there's a leak, there's a purse sources, I try to do the step back thing. I try to take a step back and say, well, who does this benefit? Like, could the Falcons be somehow artificially lowering the price on Lamar Jackson by acting as if they're not interested? I don't think so. Because guess what? This is a, an offer sheet you'd be signing, not a contract. And, and you're going to have to sign it and show it to the Ravens. And everybody's going to see it. 
Do, do you think like if the Falcons come out and say we're not pursuing them, that like the Raiders aren't or the Panthers are going to go? If they're not, we aren't either. Like, that's not, and then, and then you sneak in and sign an offer sheet, like you know, under under the cover of darkness in the middle of the night or something, with with camouflage on. Like that's, I just I I don't understand why they would so aggressively be out, unless, and and this would make even less sense unless they've like done their own independent evaluation of of Lamar and decided like he's not a good quarterback. Like oh, he's no Desmond Ritter. Or perhaps, and this is where it gets interesting, and this is where I just don't I don't see an NFL team doing this because Lamar Jackson, again, is the best version of what a lot of these guys could be. Unless they've committed to tanking this year and they're 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 already infatuated with the Caleb Williams, a Drake May, uh, Michael Penix Jr., whoever they, they have down there. But I like you draft those guys hoping one day they might be Lamar Jackson. So I'm not sure why you would not I mean, not make a call. Again, I'm not saying they have to jump into the bidding and and go straight to the big chip stack at the table, flashing the the little little uh, like I don't know, it looks like a hand fan, you know, a paper fan that you hold up at, at auctions. I don't know what you call it, a little card. Uh, they don't start hanging, uh, popping it up there, going, you know, me, me, and more, more. But I don't see I don't see the point in getting out that aggressively. Like the Panthers might not bid on him. They might not sign them to an offer sheet. They might not dive into deep negotiations. That doesn't mean they had to say that within nine minutes of Lamar Jackson being non-exclusively tagged. The Falcons are playing some kind of you know, 3D chess, and the rest of us are playing tic-tac-toe. I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on. There's, there's something under, the, under the, the, the hood that I'm not aware of, or they are, they are just... A little, little antsy. Like, they got a call. Are you interested? No! Rather than just going, ah, call me back in a couple weeks. Click. Like, the, the Dolphins are a team that are being mentioned. Adam Schefter mentioned the Dolphins for Lamar. They can't even begin the negotiations till after the draft. Because you have to have two first-round picks in the next two drafts, one in the, each of the next two drafts, available to sign a non-exclusive franchise tag guy. Because you have to, those that's what you would give up. And they don't have a, a first round pick in this upcoming draft. So they have to wait till after the draft to even negotiate. So there's nothing that says this was a, a ticking clock situation and, and the Falcons are out there panicking. Like, you ever, you ever see somebody shoot up a Hail Mary or shoot up a, like a buzzer beater from beyond half court with like eight seconds on the clock? And it's, oh, and he just, he's got a little antsy, right? Crowd, 10, 9, what? Like, that's to me what the Falcons just did. They thought the clock was at zero. It was actually 24 seconds. New shot clock. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. Who should be? Actually, that's, this is going to be the question. Who should be the team that wins the bidding? Who should be the team that puts in the highest offer sheet for Lamar Jackson? It's going to be somebody. Who's it going to be? 757-687-9494. Which team should be the team that is willing to spend the most, give the most, put the most guaranteed on Lamar Jackson? 757-687-9494. And our call-in lines have been working all day, so we're going we're gonna to anticipate that they continue doing that. So call in, 757-687-9494. That conversation and a little Geno Smith convo coming up next.